BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Not in the hunt for the playoffs, not in the hunt for the championship, but the checkered flag is all he needs right now. Off turn two for the final time. Bubba Wallace looking to become the Kansas Speedway spoiler. Here comes Bubba Wallace, final time off the end of the back straightaway. He'll take it to the wall as he works his way off the corner looking for the checkered flag. Bubba Wallace can see it now. He can virtually coast it in. Checkered flag is in the air and Bubba Wallace wins the Hollywood Casino 400 at Kansas. We come into these things as, as one team, and and you gotta you got to look at these moments and capitalize on them, and uh, they were able to do that. They bounced back from their mistake uh, with the loose wheel and the left rear. Wasn't no thing. We had a lot of time left, and they persevered and bounced back and did that. So hats off to them for giving me that opportunity, and uh, we were able to finish it off together. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you a day after the Worth 400 at Dover Motor Speedway. A rare Monday afternoon matinee, as it were. Martin Truex Jr. winning at the Monster Mile on his home racetrack, getting ready for a journey into Kansas. Coming up on the show today, we're going to illustrate the importance of the upcoming schedule as we enter the month of May. I'll sit down with Todd Gordon to get his thoughts on that and also the crew chiefing perspective as we enter Kansas Speedway this weekend. We'll also highlight Dale Earnhardt Jr., Bobby Labonte, and other recent additions to NASCAR's 75 Greatest Drivers list. We'll also chat with Ty Majeski. He leads the point to the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. Trucks are back on track after a short break this weekend. Plus, we'll hear what the drivers are expecting in the heartland of America this weekend and a whole lot more. But first, Kyle Ricky is here with a check of the latest headlines in NASCAR. Kyle, what do you have? Mike Legacy Motor Club announced it will be switching manufacturers from Chevrolet to Toyota starting next season. Toyota Racing Development President David Wilson said, quote, We look forward to being reunited with our old friends, Eric Jones and Noah Gregson, unquote, both of which previously have driven for the manufacturer. Richard Childress Racing lost its appeal on the Martinsville penalties for underwing assembly modifications. The team has the right to appeal to the National Motorsports Final Appeals Officer if they choose to do so. After Martin Truex Jr. snapped the 54-race winless streak by taking home the checkered flag at Dover, team owner Joe Gibbs was asked if this win will help secure Truex's future with the team. I think it's huge, and we are constantly talking to Martin about next year. We want him to stay with us as long as we can convince him to do that. I think the best way of doing that is winning races or have a chance to win a championship. I think that's the best 
sales job we can do. Truix's contract is good through the 2022 Cup Series season, and a timetable on a decision of whether or not he'll return to the organization has yet to be set. Ron Hornaday Jr. and Mike Skinner, two of the most notable drivers in the history of the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series, will join legendary Cup Series crew chief Jeff Hammond as dignitaries for the May 20th Tyson 250. The race will be the feature event on Saturday of All-Star Weekend as NASCAR returns to one of its original tracks May 19th through the 21st, the North Wilkesboro Speedway in North Carolina, during the 75th anniversary season of the sport. Hornaday will give the command for the drivers to start their engines, Skinner will wave the green flag, and Hammond will pilot the pace car. Just a reminder that all the festivities from All-Star Weekend will be carried live here on the Motor Racing Network. And GMS Racing announced a shift in leadership for the number 43 NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series team, effective immediately. Blake Bainbridge will assume the role as crew chief for Daniel Dye, replacing Travis Sharp who has parted ways with the organization. Bainbridge joins the team from Halmer Friesen Racing, where he recently served as crew chief on the number 52 truck of Stuart Friesen. Mike. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we'll tell you why we just entered one of the most important months on the NASCAR schedule. And later, I'll sit down and visit with championship winning crew chief and two-time race winning Kansas crew chief, Todd Gordon. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top-tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The month of May, just uttering those words, can get any motorsports fan excited, whether it be the Indianapolis 500 to the Coca-Cola 600 to the Monaco Grand Prix. This month has something for everyone. And while those events highlight the end of the month, the NASCAR schedule provides one of its most important and unique stretches of the entire season. Susie Armstrong is here to explain. As the calendar turns to May, the NASCAR Cup Series is gearing up for one of its biggest months of the year. Coincidentally, a weather-delayed start at Dover made it even bigger as the Monster Mile was included among the festivities to take place in May. Martin Truex Jr. kicked off the 31 days ahead in Victory Lane. May represents one of the most important months in motorsports as the Cup Series will head to Kansas, Darlington, Charlotte, and make its triumphant return to North Wilkesboro for its annual All-Star Race. Up first will be Kansas Speedway this weekend. 2311 Racing is probably the team most excited to head to the heartland after the 45 car swept the race a year ago. First in the spring with Kurt Busch behind the wheel, then later in the fall with Bubba Wallace filling in for the injured Busch. Here comes Bubba Wallace, final time off the end of the back straightaway. He'll take it to the wall as he works his way off the corner looking for the checker flag. Bubba Wallace can see it now. He can virtually coast it in. Check- flag is in the air and Bubba Wallace wins the Hollywood Casino 400 at Kansas. Tyler Reddick will be aiming to continue the streak of the 45 in victory lane at Kansas. 
But that won't be his only task. Reddick, along with other winners on the season, will be paying close attention to Kansas as well as the following week at Darlington, as both tracks will again be part of the playoffs later this fall. These next, you know, Kansas, Darlington, Martinsville, which we were just at, all these racetracks are very, very important. And, uh, you know, it's important to, to make sure that we're good the first time around, but then also understand, you know, what little things we can improve when we come back. Christopher Bell, the winner at Bristol on the Dirt, echoes Reddick's sentiment of having a hyper-focus on the two layouts that they'll see again later this fall. Yeah, those are very important races and definitely ones that we focus on to make sure that we perform well. And uh, at least for Kansas and Darlington, it's the exact same stuff that we had last year, and those are two racetracks that we performed at really well last year. So um, definitely places that I'm excited about going to and uh, would expect to do well. It'll be a busy throwback weekend in Darlington as NASCAR recognizes its 75 greatest drivers. The countdown has been ongoing for weeks as Bobby Labonte, Sterling Marlin, Tony Stewart, and Jeff Burton, a man who knows Darlington quite well, are among the newly added names. Here's Denny Hamlin and Kyle Larson. Larson with one final shot off the end of the back straightaway. Larson's going to send it. Larson's in the wall. Larson's on Hamlin's back bumper. Larson rim riding the wall. He's going to look out Here they come, racing back to the checkered flag. Kyle Larson there, not enough. Denny Hamlin in the winless streak will end tonight at the Darlington Raceway. The list also includes several current drivers that'll be in throwback paint schemes at the Lady in Black. Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, and Denny Hamlin, a four-time winner on the NASCAR Cup Series at the track Too Tough to Tame, will take part in the NASCAR 75 festivities. Oh, and it's also Mother's Day, where all involved will be looking to make their mama proud. The next stop on the action-packed thrill ride of May is for the racing purist. For years, old-school race fans have clamored for the revitalization and return of tracks from yesteryear. And for years, they were denied, but never deterred. Last September, their wish was granted, as the long-awaited news that NASCAR would be returning to North Wilkesboro Speedway was officially announced. Dale Earnhardt Jr. has been a catalyst behind the movement to save struggling racetracks while also fighting to restore tracks of the past. Earnhardt played his hands-on role recently when he raced at North Wilkesboro. Even on that night before a sold-out crowd, he could have never envisioned the NASCAR Cup Series returning. But that will be the case as NASCAR's best will race again at the short track for this year's All-Star Race. While surprised to see the Cup Series return to North Wilkesboro, Earnhardt's shock doesn't come without awe. I kept talking to Marcus about when we went and ran our late-mall stock race there. The whole time leading up to that, he's like, probably could only run a truck race here. You know, the traffic and being able to the infrastructure and, man, the place, I don't know. Probably couldn't do a cup race. Just probably couldn't do it. Probably couldn't do it. No way you could do it. And I'm thinking, okay, yeah, probably couldn't. Probably would never happen. And he called me one day out of nowhere. There wasn't like, it wasn't like there was a little momentum or we were feeling, you know, like it might happen or whatever. He just called me one day and was like, guess what? I was <laughs> like, are you kidding me? This is crazy. But it's perfect, right? I mean, that race needs... Uh, reboot. Here we go. Memorial Day weekend once again plays host to one of NASCAR's most grueling tests as the Coca-Cola 600 takes center stage at Charlotte Motor Speedway. While it's been hinted in the future that Kyle Larson will attempt the double of the Coke 600 and Indianapolis 500, that won't be attempted this year. Larson, a past winner of the endurance event in the Queen City, will center his focus on being a two-time winner this year. 
Last year's winner, Denny Hamlin, will be eyeing history. A win would make Hamlin the first back-to-back winner of the Coke 600 since Jimmy Johnson won the clash three straight times between 2003 and 2005. Hamlin learned last year that one win alone is a significant milestone for any Cup Series driver. I'm not near the end of my career by, by any means, but this certainly is one that uh, will will be on the resume. You know, when, when you're done and you know, they're, you're looking at all your accolades, the Coke 600 is, is way up there. And, and I've had 17 tries at it and hadn't won it until today. So it's just, uh, it means a lot. May is here. And with it comes one of the best months to be a race fan. And we here at the Motor Racing Network can't wait to take in all of the exciting racing action with you. Thank you, Susie. Coming up, I'll be joined by MRN's resident crew chief, Todd Gordon. And later, we'll put the spotlight on the newest additions to the NASCAR 75 Greatest Drivers list. The NASCAR season is here, and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA, who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. We are off to the Kansas Speedway this weekend for the Advent Health 400 race weekend. Todd Gordon will be joining us in the tower to provide booth analysis. You've already heard him on crew call earlier this week. Let's bring Todd in to NASCAR Live. Todd, welcome back. How are we doing? I'm doing great. Getting ready to go to Kansas. Beautiful racetrack. One of my favorites. I imagine it is. Two-time pole winning crew chief, two-time race winning crew chief at the Kansas Speedway. In general, what are some of the challenges that Kansas Speedway throws a crew chief's way in this day and age? Yeah, it's uh, it's you know it's it's aging well. Uh, surface is getting older, uh, finding grip in a place. It's it's not very bumpy, but it's progressively banked. So, uh, trying to the drivers working around, trying to get your car to work in different places. There's always that inevitable crutch as a, as the run goes on, where you can put your car right up against the wall and, and chase some grip up there. But to win this race, you got to be able to pass cars, which means you've got to be able to run someplace off of that. And trying to figure out how to make your car work, not stuck on a wall. Um, last year, Kurt Busch showed that prowess and uh, and won the race. And in uh, twenty three eleven, brought Bubba Bubba back in a similar fashion and won the fall race. So uh, it's a place. It's you've got that crotch up at the wall, but you got to figure out how to make your car work when it doesn't stick on the wall. Now, for the new listener and for the newbie out there, why are worn-out racetracks so good? You know, when we get a fresh new coat of asphalt on the interstate or the local roads at home, we love it. But why do race car drivers and crew chiefs not like fresh asphalt? Yeah, so there's only so much grip that a race that, that we can handle in, in a racetrack. And, um, you know, so the, the, the balance is between the tires and the asphalt. When you put new asphalt down and the asphalt's got a lot of grip, then Goodyear has to build a harder tire to take some of that to make that balance of how much grip we actually make. Um, so then the the compounds are harder and and they're more the tires more durable. It doesn't wear as much and it doesn't and in essence because it's a harder compound, it doesn't it, the, the lap time doesn't follow fall off as much. So as we get the racetracks older, you uh, you take the grip away. 
that Goodyear can make a tire that's got more grip in it to balance that, but that grip creates heat and 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 wear and fall off in the tire. Uh, when I say fall off, lap time fall off, they can't go as fast. And and that makes for comers and goers. Drivers that can take care of their tires can have more speed on the long run versus guys that are really aggressive early in the run. They can have short run speed, but will pay the penalty longer. So uh, always good. The, the best racing to me is is usually put on a racetrack just before they have to repave it because that's as old as that asphalt gets. So let's roll this forward into the 400 miles on Sunday. So we've got the tire component the asphalt component, but what about the overall strategic element to crew chiefing a race at Kansas? What are what are some of the tools available to a crew chief over the course of that race? Yeah, it's uh, it it you know it, with this next gen car, uh, trying to figure out you know, you work with air pressures a lot. You'll work with the rear wedge wrench. It, you know, there's two adjusters in the rear glass for adjusting the spring loads on on the rear springs and. Um, you'll be playing with those a little bit, but mostly air pressure. This car is very sensitive to air pressure adjustments and, and, and twofold because the if you take air out of the rear tires, the rear ride heights drop down and that diffuser gets closer to the racetrack. It makes a lot more rear downforce. So um, guys will tune tire pressures very sensitively to, to, to work their balance throughout the race. And, and you'll see the opportunity with a couple of, you know, there's a, depending on how cautions fall, but the stages break up where a couple of them could have green flag pit stops in them and how you strategize your way through that short pitting guys and, and getting on those fresher tires that have more speed and, and paying the penalty on the long run on the backside. Um, there's different ways of making the, making your car get in a position where you, uh, you can advance yourself in the race. Now, let me lump this together, and then I'm going to separate it again. We're at Kansas this weekend. We're going to Darlington next weekend. Well, as we fast forward about four months away, Darlington pops up on the schedule again on Sunday, June 3rd. That's playoff race number one. Playoff race number two, Kansas Speedway, Sunday, September the 10th. How important is this race Sunday, next Sunday's race in Darlington? How is that important into what's going to pop up in the fall? Yeah, these these are two notebooks that you're definitely, you know, you've had your eye on for over a month of trying to be prepared to. You, actually, as I looked at it, teams this past weekend, I felt like some of the teams would have kind of given a a, a go on on Dover and, and actually started some of their focus forward into Kansas and Darlington, as you talked about. Two pretty important races in the first first round of the playoffs, and these are two places that you do come back in similar temperatures. You know, it's it's spring temperatures now, but it's fall temperatures then. Um, you'll have similar temperatures, similar situations. You want to build a great notebook, but and have a good baseline to come back to. So, uh, these races are are utterly important to your playoff runs. I know that Martin Truex Jr. finally snapped that fifty four race winless skid one yesterday at Dover. Uh, is he sticking out to you this weekend? Who is sticking out to you as somebody that perhaps maybe we need to keep tabs on over the course of the racing weekend? Yeah, I think Martin runs well out there. Um, I, I, I look at Billy Scott, the, the 45 team at, at uh, 2311 Racing. You know, they won with Kurt Busch there in the spring. Uh, they took that same car with, the, uh, with uh, Bubba Wallace in the fall and won the race there. And talking to Billy uh, yesterday... Uh, I think that same car is coming back again this year with Tyler Reddick, another guy that really likes to run the wall. So um, it, it was dominated by 2311 Racing. It's a good racetrack for Toyota. I, I would keep my eyes on Tyler Reddick and what, what that what 45 team can pull forward.
I know that Billy and probably the rest of the crew chief in contingent would love to have a little more time to get a little more work done this week. A rain-shortened race or a rain-delayed race on Monday means a week of short work in the office before leaving for Kansas. What about time in the shop this week? How does a Monday race affect what goes into getting back on the road and going to Kansas? Yeah, great question. And, and one that I think, you know, kudos to NASCAR and, and what they did with the with the postponement. You know, it happened early on Sunday. Uh, guys got a fair amount of notice there and they could start working on their schedules. And then we went green flag yesterday at just afternoon, uh, got the guys home. All the teams and the crew guys were home at a decent hour. I believe uh, I believe when I interviewed Billy, I think it was at 730 yet last night. He was already home and, and past the shop. So uh, they were at a point where all the crew guys could come in bright and early this morning. It really shouldn't impact that preparation. It's just the the post-race digestion of Dover and that transition into Kansas. That all typically happens on a Monday, and it's kind of laying itself over into Tuesday. I think from a mechanical standpoint, the mechanics are, are, are in a decent routine. This shouldn't impact them that much. I think from the technical side of crew chief meetings, of engineer meetings, uh, some of that gets the week condensed. Can't wait to get to Kansas, the Advent Health 400 race weekend. Todd, looking forward to having you on the crew this weekend up in the booth with Jeff and Alex. Can't wait to see you and everybody else when we roll on to the property there at Kansas Speedway this weekend. Yeah, looking forward to getting to Kansas. Uh, a great race and, and see what, uh, what everybody brings forward. More coming up on NASCAR Live. Outdoor care to home and auto repair. Do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. NASCAR continues to release new names that are being added to the prestigious list of the 75 greatest drivers in the history of NASCAR. Late last week, one of NASCAR's most popular drivers and the 2000 Series champion joined the ranks. As NASCAR continues to celebrate its diamond anniversary, the organization has again announced the newest members of NASCAR's 75 Greatest Drivers list, as five more competitors have been honored with this distinction. Let's meet the contingent. Joining his brother Terry, the list now has room for two Labontes. Bobby Labonte off turn four to the line. He will win the Ford 400. That's what it sounded like when Bobby Labonte won his 21st and final NASCAR Cup Series race in 2003 at the Homestead Miami Speedway. The biggest moments of his career came with the new millennium as he was the first champion of the 2000s. His accolades don't stop there. The Corpus Christi native was the first of six drivers to not only win a cup title, but an Xfinity championship as well. Labonte's portfolio also includes three crown jewel triumphs, a Coca-Cola 600, a Southern 500, and a Brickyard 400. Our next driver has done anything but keep a low profile since his retirement. On race day, this former wheelman can be seen on NBC's coverage of the sport and in the garage supporting his son Harrison. White flag, it is Burton by a half a car length as they work their way back to one. A big flock of traffic ahead, don't think it's going to come into play. Can Gordon get him? Those details coming through the corner, off to remember Burton high. Gordon peeks down low. Gordon makes contact with the rear quarter panel of Burton. Now he's got it planted on the inside of the track and four. Gordon. 
Burton tries to draw even. They lean on each other off the corner. To the stripe, they come. Burton will win by a hood. Jeff Burton holds off a last lap charge by Jeff Gordon to score his second win of the NASCAR Winston Cup season. A thrilling finish to an exciting evening of racing here in Richmond, Virginia. Jeff Burton built his reputation not just with his talent behind a steering wheel, but as a leading voice in the NASCAR garage. Many referred to him as the mayor throughout his career. His performance on the track had its own merit. And the checkered and yellow flags wave at the same time. Burton scores the 50th running of the Pepsi Southern 500. After claiming Rookie of the Year honors in the crowded 1994 class, Burton went on to score 21 Cup Series victories that included two Coca-Cola 600 triumphs and a win in the Southern 500. Just like many of the other drivers on this list, Burton found quite a bit of success in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. The Virginian took home the checkered flag 27 times, good for ninth best all time. The next member on this list entered his prime later in his career and hasn't looked back. The best team all year long can now celebrate a championship. Here he comes off turn number four for the final time and under the checkered flag. And Martin Truex Jr. is a champion. He's also a race winner as he scores the win in the Ford EcoBoost 400 coming across the line just a car length in front of Kyle Busch. In his 12th full-time season, Martin Truex Jr. had his most successful of his racing career winning eight races in 2017. The 42-year-old has won 32 races in his cup career, recently snapping a 54-race winless streak this past weekend at Dover. Another impressive feat for the driver came in 2005 when he won back-to-back -back NASCAR Xfinity Series championships, making him the first back-to-back -back champion since Dale Jr. did it in 1998 and 99. Few drivers experience immediate success in their cup careers, like this man did in just his fifth Premier Series start. Here comes Ryan Newman closing down. Junior trying to push him to the front. Carl Edwards has the lead though. He's not been in the picture all afternoon. Suddenly he's in the lead but under attack. Contact here at the Trioval. Edwards goes up in the air. Brad Keselowski comes by. He'll score the win in the Aaron's 499. Brad Keselowski upset win in 2009 would propel him to a full-time ride at the cup level the very next season. His rookie season in 2010 10 was filled with ups and downs as the driver only finished in the top 10 twice. Like shot out of a cannon, Keselowski followed that year by taking the sport by storm, winning three races, and would top that feat again by taking home the series championship in 2012. The first in Team Penske's history. In eight of his 14 full-time seasons, the Michigan native has won at least three races. And our last driver is referred to by many race fans by his abbreviation, Junior. Earnhardt is your leader. Michael Waltrip is second, and the battle is side by side for third. But here comes Dale Earnhardt Jr. He'll lead up turn four. What a headline this is going to make. Dale Earnhardt Jr. comes back to the Daytona International Speedway, leading the pack, coming to the line. He will win the Pepsi 400. And one of the most emotional sagas in NASCAR history. That's what it sounded like when Dale Earnhardt Jr. took the checkered flag at the Daytona International Speedway just months after his father had passed in a tragic accident at the same track earlier in the year. That win was iconic, but not the only exceptional feat for the 48-year-old. Joining his father on this prestigious list, Earnhardt won 26 times in his Cup Series tenure, using his knack for super speedways to prevail twice in the Daytona 500 and collect six wins at Talladega, making him 
one of the greatest super speedway racers of all time. Final time into turns three and four. It's Dale Jr. by just three yards over Kevin Harvick. The third place man is Elliot Sadler. Ricky Craven is in fourth. They're single file, but it's Dale Jr. leading the field off of turn four. The Budweiser Chevrolet comes into the trial, works his way to the start finish line, going for four in a row at Talladega. He makes it happen, winning the Aaron's 499. Dale Jr., the winner. Jr. not only set a high standard in the Cup Series, but he did so at the Xfinity Series level as well, winning titles in back-to-back years in 1998 and 1999. The precedent has been set, and the resumes of these individuals continue to raise the bar each week as we are introduced to NASCAR's 75 greatest drivers of all time. That's our Jason Toy. Thank you, Jason. Coming up, we'll chat with Ty Majeski. He's the points leader in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. And later, we'll hear from the drivers ahead of the first of two trips to Kansas in 2023. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is NASCAR Live. Now back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. 2022 is a breakout year for Ty Majeski in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. The Thor Sport driver scored two wins en route to a championship for performance. The start to 2023 has been no different as Ty and his number 98 team currently sit atop the point standings. Our Chris Wilner had a chance to catch up with Ty to discuss his hot start to the season and getting ready for the series' busiest month of the season. You're entering Kansas here as the point leader. He had a nice couple weeks off. Time to reset and focus forward to another grueling stretch of this truck series season. Where would you evaluate where you guys are at? Obviously, you have to be happy with, you know, six top tens in seven races, and you've got four top fives in a row. But uh, how would you evaluate 2023 so far? Yeah, obviously a, an extremely solid start for us. Um, one of the goals that we had coming into this season was really trying to collect playoff points early on, which we haven't done that yet. Um, but uh, the speed is there. Uh, the races just haven't played out in our favor. And um, just some circumstances have prevented us from from staying out of victory lane and and, uh, and getting stage wins. So, um, But we have five really, really good racetracks coming up for us. Um, I think really the heart of the schedule for us is these next five weeks. Uh, obviously, we start off at Kansas. We finished second there last spring. Uh, and then we go to Wilkesboro, good short track for us. Or I'm sorry, Darlington, then Wilkesboro, and then uh, Charlotte and Gateway. So all great racetracks for us. So um, excited to, to get out to Kansas and get this five-week stretch rolling. You know, we talked to some drivers about the the kind of break in the schedule that we just had. Some like it uh, because maybe they need a chance to reset and kind of get things figured out. But for you, with all that momentum, did you like having that break happen where it was, especially with all the momentum you've had? Yeah, I think it's okay. I don't think the momentum goes away just because you have two weeks off. Um, you know, the guys are still excited in the shop, right? We're running good. Um, you know, I think it's I think it's good for morale. Just you know, the, the truck series schedule is grueling. Um, you know, we don't have the uh, the infrastructure and these race teams like you know the Cup teams do. So when we go five in a row, it's hard for us, and the guys are away from their families a lot. So I think it's good to get that reset. Um, for all of the crew guys that, that spend a lot of time at the shop and on the road just to just to wind down a little bit and 
uh, and regroup and, and get ready for another five weeks in a row. So um, I don't think this this stretch or this break does anything to our momentum. I I still think we're as confident as ever, especially going into a really good racetrack for us in Kansas. So uh, we're excited to keep rolling and, and keep this momentum going. Well, let's dive into Kansas. Obviously, you mentioned second last spring. I know you got a top 10 in the fall. The mile and a half program, we've documented at the end of 2022, you guys found something, I think, obviously off to a good start again this year. What is it about the mile and a half that you, that you begin to like now? I mean, especially if it's up on the wall, um, where's your strength in, in that package? Well, we just hit on a really good um, overall intermediate package. I would say, I'll say we have two different packages for two types of, you know, intermediate racetracks, right? You have your real low grip um, intermediates like, you know, Homestead and, and Kansas and Charlotte, uh, you know, then you have, you know, your other, the other side of the token. So, um, you know, I, I just think we've hit on two really good packages throughout last year and and Joe and I and our engineers and everybody at Thor Sport has done a, a good job developing that package and uh, we've been able to just refine it over the course of last season and then um, you know through the manufacturer swap sort of um, kept that edge I feel like on the intermediates throughout uh, the beginning of this season as well I had a had a really good strong truck at at Vegas I uh, had a penalty late in the race that cost us some track position, rebounded to fifth and uh, sort of the same thing at Texas. So um, have some good some some good tracks, like I said, coming up for us. A lot of intermediates, which was really our strong suit last season, um, even though Joe and I think of ourselves as more short track guys. Um, you know, we really hit on some on the intermediates and um, I think we'll always be strong on the short tracks as we as we progress to the season as well. What overall is the dynamic at Thor Sport? I mean, obviously this year we talked about the manufacturer change and you're switching numbers and kind of little moves around. You add Haley Deegan to it, but you have two former series champions. You've got yourself, you got Haley Deegan. What's the dynamic like in, in Thor Sport this year? Well, I think, you know, you know, internally we all have very competitive race teams and each team gets, you know, the same equipment, the, you know, the same tier of people, right? We have, we're, you know, Thor Sport is a very deep organization uh, from the people to the equipment and, and it's, you know, we're continuing to get better each and every week. And I, I think, you know, having all competitive race teams causes a lot of internal competition. So at times we can, you know, as, as a team, we sort of keep to ourselves, but also keep that healthy in, in sharing enough uh, information for all of us to be successful, but but also keeping, you know, things to, you know, internally per, per team, just to try and keep that edge over each other. Cause at the end of the day, we are competing against each other uh, for wins e each week and, you know, week in and week out. So, um, you know, we, we, like I said, overall, we help each other, right? We share information, but um, there's always some things that, that don't get shared per each team. So um, I think it's a good, healthy dynamic. I think it's been working out well for us. We have all trucks uh, really running well at this point in the season. And uh, I think overall, we really like where we're at as an organization. What is it about Thor Sport with you personally, though, and where you're at in your career? I mean, you jump into this program. I mean, this is a best case scenario, obviously coming from the short track ranks. And and now you're in a truck and, and with a team that's, you know, competing for wins and championships. So uh, how were you able to just click with this team in, in just a couple short years? Well, I think the culture here is is a lot like a short track team. Um, you know, I lived in Charlotte for years, right? Been with 
I'll call them corporate race teams. And, you know, at, at four o'clock at, at hours end or at the day's end, everybody's lined up and there's a traffic jam getting out of the parking lot. Right. Cause that's when work hours are over. Well, here we'll, we'll work till the work is done, whether that's, you know, nine, 10, 11 o'clock at night. Right. We, you just, you do whatever it takes to make sure you get it done. You get it done. Right. You know, there's no corners cut. And and I'm not saying there's corners cut on, you know, other race teams, but uh, we just have a little bit different mentality, right? There's what I'll call more racers up here. People come to work at floor sport because they, they want to go racing, not, not because it's a job. And I feel like there are instances in, uh, in, you know, some of the bigger race teams that it's a, it's a job to some people, uh, which is fine. And and there, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, this culture just fits me better in my roots and where I came from. So, um, you know, really enjoying my time here. Uh, the culture that Duke and Ronda have built, um, you know, is, is a great recipe for success. And, um, we've been having a, a ton of fun here. I know I have, uh, working with Joe, uh, my whole team, we just have a great team dynamic and, uh, we're able to hit it off really, really quick off the bat and, um, and the results have shown. Thank you, Chris. Coming up, we'll hear from drivers like Bubba Wallace and Joey Logano as they get ready to head to Kansas this weekend. And later, we'll close out the show by starting our month-long countdown to the All-Star Race at North Wilkesboro. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is NASCAR Live. Now back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Earlier in the show, we highlighted the entire month of May for NASCAR, and it continues this weekend with the Advent Health 400 at Kansas Speedway. Last year, 2311 racing reigns supreme in both races. Will that dominance continue this year? Kyle Ricky has what the drivers are saying. It is going to be a quick turnaround for the NASCAR Cup Series after a Monday afternoon race in Dover. The teams will head west to the heartland of America and Kansas Speedway. After Las Vegas Motor Speedway, this marks the second true intermediate racetrack on the schedule. Over the years, Kansas has become one of the drivers' favorite stops on the circuit. One of the reasons why is the multiple racing grooves that the Speedway offers. Last fall, Bubba Wallace mastered those grooves and drove to victory lane. He says that being able to move around is his favorite aspect of racing there. You know, you can, uh, the groove kind of moves to the top, so it's kind of top dominant after a few laps, but um, it's uh, it's just a place where you can move around if you need to. I mean, hell, we made passes in the middle and on the bottom last year, and it's just a fun place, so um, don't need to repave anytime soon, that's for sure, but it's uh, definitely becoming a fun racetrack. The bumps are getting more aged um, in turn one, so you have to kind of manage where your car is at, manage where the balance is, and, and, and go after it. Wallace was the second leg of the 2311 racing sweep at Kansas last year, with Kurt Busch taking the checkered flag in the spring race. Tyler Reddick is now behind the wheel of Busch's former ride, and his confidence is high, based on the success his team had there a year ago. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I said that you know I've been really surprised um, everywhere we've gone. Like pleasantly surprised with, with with how solid the car's handling and speed has been. And so, um, yeah, I don't again don't know what what's going to drive like at Kansas yet. But um, like I said, every mile and a half we've been to, every track we've been to, I've been really happy with with the handling and pace of the cars. With that success, it is safe to say that the 23 and 45 will be the measuring sticks for the field this weekend. But Team Penske's Joey Logano takes it a step further when he says Kansas is going to be a great test of who the best teams are heading into the summer months. Yeah, it's always important. <laughs> that that one, too, kind of shows. I think Kansas is a real true speed meter of like where you are as a team on a mile and a half. It's smooth. Uh, you know, you can get your platform right as far as the, the car. Um, and if you can show speed there, you probably have the whole package going together for you. Um, so I think that's like one of the best meters as far as racetracks go of who's got the fastest cars right now. One driver who proved this week that he'll be a factor moving forward is Martin Truix Jr. Truix's fourth win at Dover secured a playoff berth that eluded him in 2022. And even though the win marked the end of a 54-race winless streak in points-paying races, the Joe Gibbs Racing Driver says that his win in the exhibition clash at the Coliseum earlier this year was a sign of what came on Monday. Yeah, I mean, you know, we started with the clash win. It was really big for us. I know that uh, it's not a points event and everything else, but just for us, with last year really struggling on short tracks, and, you know, I feel like we put a huge effort together this offseason to be prepared for this year, um, to talk so, you know, to really put it in effort and talk about the things that we needed to do better from last year. And, you know, I think our whole team was really motivated uh, to get better and to do whatever we needed to do and really communicated a lot about the, the things that we needed to work on. So really the clash was a big deal to get. It gave us a lot of confidence. And even though our season, you know, up till the, the past couple of weeks have been really strong, but up until then it was a little, little up and down. We still had a lot of confidence and, and felt like we were going the right direction. And I said, you know, I think it was this week that I feel really good about where we're at and I feel like we're ready to break loose and get on a run and here we are so i'm glad that i glad i was right about it and um you know we got some great tracks coming up for us and, and a lot of confidence now and locked in the playoffs and we can we can get aggressive and have some fun one driver who could use a boost of confidence similar to what truex experienced is ryan priest while priest's first year with stewart haas racing has been plagued with bad luck he says the speed he has shown in the past month proves that his team getting some good fortune is only a matter of time. We've had an, a lot of races where we've had good speed. We've had, you know, I've always said that you got to start with top 15s or top 10s and consistently running there and then top fives and, and chasing wins, right? And, and uh, you know, I feel like, uh, especially the past four weeks, that we've had cars and, and we've had, we've been putting races together uh, to have opportunities like that and then just you know at the end of the race a lot of things that just chaos breaks out and and sometimes you're the bug and sometimes you're the windshield and ultimately it'll be nice when we're we're the windshield not the bug but um i'm i'm proud of the fact that you know our team our pit crew uh, chad's doing a great job and everybody our engineers are are working you know together and that's what it takes. NASCAR's busiest man in 2023 just might be Josh Berry. The junior motorsports driver filled in for Chase Elliott when he was out with a leg injury. And now he stepped into the Hendrick Motorsports 48 car in relief of Alex Bowman. 
This weekend might be a breath of fresh air for the Tennessee driver. With the Xfinity Series off, he can solely focus on the Cup race. But while Barry's performance in the Cup Series continues to improve, he says it is hard to set expectations in the interim role. I think it's hard to have too high of expectations when you come, you know, when you step in this, right? You just, I mean, cup racing's hard. These guys are great. I mean, they're the best of the best in the world racing, racing here at these tracks. So I don't really, you know, think it's even fair for me to come in and say, you know, to have really high expectations. I think my expectations are of myself, which is to give, you know, the best effort I can each and every week to be prepared to drive the race car and do the best job I can in the race car to, to limit my mistakes and be there at the end of the race, right? So can Henrik Motorsports, Joe Gibbs Racing, or Team Penske break up the recent stranglehold that 2311 Racing has had on Kansas Speedway? We'll find out on Sunday when MRN's live coverage of the Advent Health 400 kicks off on Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. That Kansas preview is brought to you by Wheelan Engineering. Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, has been manufacturing in America for over 70 years. We never left, and we're here to stay. Coming up, we'll wrap up this week's show by looking back on the final Cup Series race at North Wilkesboro. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. It's hard to believe that we are just a few weeks away from NASCAR Cup cars being back on track at North Wilkesboro Speedway. Ahead of that race, we're going to be getting ready for the event with different features on the historic track. First, we revisit the final Cup Series race there in the fall of 1996. The storyline heading into the weekend was not just that it would be North Wilkesboro's final race. The season was beginning to head into its home stretch, and the battle for the championship was still very much up in the air. Entering the race, Jeff Gordon was the points leader over his Hendrick Motorsports teammate, Terry Labonte. Gordon's 81-point advantage was vulnerable, with Labonte having won the spring race at North Wilkesboro earlier in the season. How about your chances to make it the first victory here at North Wilkesboro today? Well, you know, we just have to find out here. Uh, we got us a good starting place. If we can stay up front here, that'd be great. Uh, you know, this team's been on fire. They got a lot of momentum, and uh, we need to carry that consistency and momentum here today. And it would be great to win this race, but uh, that doesn't uh, that doesn't make anything for sure. So, you know, what we're looking for is consistency right now. This uh, more than just a race; it's a points battle, also. Terry, last time you were here, you started first, you finished first. Today, it's 16th. Strategy for Terry Labonte. Well, I hope we finish better in 16th, but uh, our car was, was pretty good in the last practice there, so uh, I don't know. We'll just uh, see what we can do. I think we'll hopefully we'll have a good run today. 81 points out of first place. Terry Labonte rolls off 16th this afternoon. The points battle wasn't all that was top of mind that afternoon either, as a surprising driver was able to grab the pole. That driver was Roush Racing's Ted Musgrave, who was looking to turn his final opportunity at North Wilkesboro into his first Cup Series victory. Tell me about the last part of this season. It's not been Ted Musgrave-like. You've, you've not finished as well as we thought you would have this part of the season. So what have you been talking about to maybe turn it around today and win this race? Well, you know, Wilkesboro, you got to be awful smooth. you got to have a car that comes off the corner nice and straight. But yet it's got to rotate and roll through the center of the corner real well. So 
it's hard to get that combination. I, I think I got the car coming off the corner real straight, but I'm a little worried it might be a little tight in the center. So we got to work on air pressure and wedge maybe. With Musgrave and Gordon leading the way, the field took the green flag at North Wilkesboro for one final time. Pace car behind the pit wall. They come down the line, getting ready to go under the green for the final time here at North Wilkesboro to start the Tyson Holly Farms 400. We're underway as they race off into turn number one. Jeff Gordon on the outside, Musgrave on the inside. You'll hear that full feature as well as a conversation with the man who called that race, Alan Bestwick, on Thursday's brand new edition of the NASCAR Live Wide Open podcast. Be sure to download it and check it out. And by the way, if you're going to be at North Wilkesboro for the All-Star Race, racing electronics scanner rentals must be purchased in advance online at racingelectronics.com. And your last day to rent for the All-Star Race is May 19th. There will be no walk-ups allowed on site at the track. With a racing electronics scanner rental, you can hear uncensored communication from every team in the race, or you can tune into the MRM broadcast. Get yours by May 8th, and you can save 20% off your North Wilkesboro rental purchase. Head over to racingelectronics.com to secure your scanner rental today. Folks, that's all the time we have for you for this week. I'd like to thank Todd Gordon for stopping by. Also, our thanks to Ty Majeski of the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. For the rest of the MRN team, I'm Mike Bagley. Thank you as well. We'll talk to you online with NASCAR Live wide open and from Kansas Speedway with NASCAR Live race day on Sunday. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and was brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was produced by Trey Downing, Pat Jaggers, and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.